0: Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. Alright, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to 2nd Kings chapter 2. We're going to pick up our story from last week and uh, continue on into a little deeper depth in that story, the story of Elijah and Elisha. And we are continuing our series this morning called The Power of His Resurrection. The series text says in Philippians 3.10 that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. The power to walk in life, the power to overcome... The enemy at every turn, in every circumstance, in every situation of our lives, God teaches us how to walk in that resurrection power. He's called us to be victorious this morning. Amen? Amen. He's called us to live in victory. And so last week we talked about that preparation stage, that that qualifying time that we all go through as children of God where it prepares us and it places in us the capacity to hold within ourselves that very power, that resurrection power that He promises, that, that that ability to comprehend, to understand, and to really walk in the authority that God has given us, to walk in the anointing that God has placed on each and every one of our lives. When we talk about the anointing, I want you to understand today, what we're talking about is that strength, that power, that that ability to really overcome and to deal with the things that come your way in life. Every single person in the room is facing Challenges You're facing uh, circumstances and and perhaps even difficulties. But God has given you the anointing, the power, the ability, the strength to overcome each and every one of those things that comes against you in this life. He has put all things that are named under His feet and we have a place with Him at the table. We are seated with Him in heavenly places. Therefore, what is under His feet is also under ours this morning. Amen? And so that's what we're talking about, walking in that resurrection power. So we come to that place, that preparation stage, that point where we are prepared to receive that power and operate in that power, the point that we have even proven ourselves to an extent worthy of such a thing and having a capacity to carry in ourselves the very essence of His strength and power. We talked last week about how God qualifies you in the ordinary before He releases you in the extraordinary. Somebody ought to say amen to that. That you must give all you have to wherever you are. Oh, man. We talked about the period of waiting, that season of obscurity where trust and faith is developed. And that we must stay true in that period of waiting, stay true and faithful in that period of waiting. And we talked about how God chooses and uses people who fully commit to the process and don't turn back. Every person in the room is going to be tempted to turn back, to go back to a comfortable place, to go back to an easy place. But God, if you will stay with Him, He'll take you to new heights. He'll take you to new depths. He'll take you to places that you never dreamed possible. He'll show you things that you never thought you'd see. And He'll do things in you that you never dreamed He could use you for. That's the kind of God we serve. And so this morning, I want to pick up our story in 2 Kings chapter 1, or chapter 2, verse 1. And I want to preach to you from death to life. Will you help me pray? Father, I thank you for your anointing in this house. I thank you, Lord, for the people that have gathered here today to hear the words of God spoken from this pulpit. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you give us ears to hear and a mind to know, eyes to see what you're up to so we can be a part of it. Father, I ask that you would help us that come in here as victims today to leave victorious in you, God, that we would not let circumstances dictate reality in our lives, but, God, we would seek to define a new way, and that is by your word and by your promises. I pray, God, that the anointing of God would recognize Rest upon each and every person. Upon me as I communicate today these truths. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen, Amen, Amen. amen. 2 Kings chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Now I'm going to expect you to get with me today a little bit. I just came from a men's deal. And those guys were all pretty fired up. And uh, I don't want the preacher there getting more response from the crowd than I get from you today, okay? So we're not going to be content with anything less. So I have high expectations. Amen. Verse 1, 2 Kings chapter 2, And it came to pass, when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel, but Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. For those of you who maybe weren't here last week and just trying to get some background to the story, we have this man that has stepped on the scene in the, in the word of God in 1 first, first Kings chapter 19. His name is Elisha. Elijah was a prophet of God, and he was a faithful prophet of God, and God directs him, and he says, Go and, and make for yourself a replacement, someone that's going to secede you, someone that's going to take over for you in your absence. And he said, I pick, I've picked Elisha to be that guy. And so we, we walked last week through the qualifying steps uh, of Elisha's life, where Elisha is taken... And, and place within him the capacity and the strength to be able for God to use him and to pass this office of prophet onto him from Elijah to Elisha. And so Elijah is about to get taken up. He's about to re- be removed and now Elisha is about to step in to this role. He's about to step in to this process and, and, and fully take on this office of prophet. And so this is where we find ourselves. And so Elijah is about to be taken up. And Elisha is going with him. He's headed to a place where God has sent them. And Elijah is saying to him, look, you just stay here. I'm going on, but I want you to stay here. And Elisha says, no way. Not on your life. I have walked with you. I have been with you. I have have put energy, I have put sweat, I have put blood into this deal and there ain't no way you're leaving me now. I'm sticking to you, I'm sticking with you and no matter what happens, I'm your partner all the way to the end. We need some partners like that, Amen? amen? We need some people that'll walk with us like that. For years, Elisha has served Elijah and he stays faithful and truly fully invested and at the end, at the end of his journey... At the end of this this process, we find that Elisha is going to face the greatest pressure to turn back. The greatest pressure to walk away. The greatest pressure to just end the process right here. As is often is the case with us. The greatest pressure to quit and turn back, to walk away, comes right at the point of breakthrough. Did you hear me this morning? I said that often is the case with us that the greatest pressure you're going to face the greatest difficulty that you're going to find yourself in the greatest uh, discouraging moments the greatest points of disappointment are the times when we are just on the cusp of a breakthrough right when there's about to be an anointing laid upon our lives when there's about to be a mantle passed to our lives when there's about to be some changes take place and breakthroughs about to happen that's when I feel the point of the greatest pressure in my life the enemy is in my ear and he's saying turn back quit, give up, walk away it's not worth it you've done all this and nobody appreciates it now is the time to quit and turn your back but I'm telling you if you'll hold the course if you'll stay true then the great breakthrough is on its way for your life somebody say amen in the house today amen you're doing good this morning you're doing good this this is the final quiz this, this is the last Thing that qualifies you—the last chance to turn back—and the greatest temptation to do so is that final quiz point. And oftentimes, here's what happens: is it's sometimes the pressure to turn back even comes from some of those that you have trusted most with the process. They go to Bethel, as we read here in this passage, and. And so looks at, or Elijah looks at Elisha and he says, hey, just stay here. And Elisha says, no way. So they go to Jericho next. And Elijah says to Elisha, stay here. And Elijah says, I'm not leaving you. Read my lips. I'm not leaving you. You're not going to get rid of me. So, so they go on. Just like Elijah told Elisha in the beginning... As we studied last week, he says to Elijah in the beginning, or Elisha in the beginning, he says, Look, I'm not responsible for the call of God on your life. That's your responsibility. I'm, I'm here to deliver a message. God wants to use you. I've delivered the message. If you're going to be used, now's the time. Elijah says, I'm not responsible for the call of God on your life. And in this moment, Elisha says to Elijah, Back. This is when the pupil has become the master, when they start saying the things that the master's already spoken. He says, look, he says, I'm not responsible for the call of God on your life, Elijah says to Elisha, and Elisha's telling him now, I'm responsible to God for this calling, and he has told me to stick, and nothing you say or do is going to cause me to falter from this endeavor. I'm not going to turn back. First point I want to make to you today is that you have to refuse to be put off. I said, You got to refuse to be put off. I refuse to be put off. I refuse to be offended. I refuse to carry a big chip on my shoulder. I refuse to walk around waiting for someone to upset me or make me a victim. I refuse to be put off. 2 Kings 2 and 6 says this, Then Elijah said to him, Stay here please, for the Lord has sent me onto the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Although, listen to me, although it seemed Elijah was trying to get rid of him, the other man refused to be got rid of. He was clinging to him for life. He was being tested as to his faith and as to his perseverance. Every person worthy of the kingdom of God will come to a point where they are tested to the very last ounce of endurance along the line of it seeming to be that even the Lord himself is trying to shake them off. What are you talking about, pastor? Have you ever been in a place where you are seeking God, you are trying to follow God's plan, you're trying to do what God is asking of you, and it seems that you can't even find God in the situation, that even God Himself is nowhere to be found seemingly in in the process. Times in my life where God has sent me to places, places of ministry, and I find myself just in a dark cave, and I'm thinking to myself, God, you told me to come here, and where are you? Where, where are you in this process? You have abandoned me is how you feel. You have put me off, God. You have, you have separated yourself from me. And I have a choice at that point. I can be offended. I can be upset. I can turn back. Or I can say no matter what happens, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I am going to stick all the way through the process and I refuse to be put off by it. It's about the right attitude. It's about the right perspective. It's about holding true to the end. So here's the question today. Can you be discouraged? Can you be put off? Can your faith easily give way? Can you be offended? If so, you are of little use for this calling. If so, your value to His kingdom will be minimal at best. Because if you're going to be an instrument of the testimony of the power of His resurrection, you're going to have to a very great deal that will come up against you. If you're going to walk with, let me say it this way, if you're going to walk with God, you can expect opposition. If you're going to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords, you can expect the enemy not to be too happy about that reality. You can expect that the enemy is going to mount up against you every ounce of opposition that he can find and use. And oftentimes even the very people that we're in the process with will seem like they are against us. You're going to face a lot of things that come up against you, things that will put you out of the fight if you can be put out. If you can be offended, you're going to be offended. If you can be discouraged, you're going to be discouraged. And don't, don't let me get, you, get it wrong here today. Let me give you the wrong impression. I'm not saying that I never feel discouraged because I do. I'm not saying that I never want to quit because I do. I'm not saying that I've never wanted to give up because I, I do and I have. I have. But what I'm saying today is that when we really commit to a process, we got to determine on the front side of it, no matter what happens and no matter what comes my way, I'm going to face the opposition, I'm going to deal with it, and I'm going to come out on the other side of my breakthrough in victory and I'm not going to let anything or anybody offend me or put me off from that very purpose and that cause. And when you find yourself discouraged, and when you find yourself offended, and when you find yourself put off because you will, you got to get back up, you got to get it straightened out, and you got to get back on course. Amen. It's very necessary for us to be established in some measure of our relationship with God and in our, in our, in our foundation with Him as we move forward and so I just say to everybody in the room that that you've got to build a biblical foundation in your life because if you don't build a biblical foundation the first thing that comes along the first strong wind that comes along is going to blow you off of that foundation you need that strength and that resolve if you're going to follow through all the way to the end if you are easily made into a victim then you will always be a victim if you are easily made into a victim, then you're going to always be a victim. Victims don't rise from death to life and resurrection power. They just stay dead. And that's not what God's called us to. He's called us to raise with Him in new life this morning. Victims bear in themselves excuses that give them the right in their own mind to remain in the condition that has victimized them and ultimately conform to that very circumstance and condition they carry the death they become familiar with the death and they learn to live with the death the death of hurts the death of offense the death of pain the death of my past i just learned to get used to it i learned to carry it with me i just kind of conform to it i let it create for me a new environment in my life after all the tomb's not so bad because at least it protects me from further victimization right The tomb's not so bad, at least I know what to expect in the tomb. But Jesus did not call us to death, but rather to life. It is in life, hear me, it is in life that miracles happen. It is in life that we experience His glory and His grace. It is in life that we learn to walk by faith and trust Him more and more. Death eliminates the need for such things. Death provides you with the same thing day in and day out decay. That's what death provides you with decay. But Jesus provides us with life, and that's what he's called us to. Elisha goes through this test with Elijah. He endures all the way to the end, he never turns back. He is now ready to receive the resurrection power and that mantle of leadership in his life. He has cultivated the capacity required. For next level living, and he is now able to be a bearer of the miraculous. I just say to everybody in the room today, commit today that you're not gonna be put off. This world has a spirit of offense going full bore. Everybody's offended by everything, and we walk around just looking for someone to offend us over something that doesn't matter. And I just say to the church today, especially the river church, let's not walk around with chips on our shoulders. Let's not walk around looking for someone to put us off. Let's not walk around waiting to be offended. Let's rise above that junk. Let's walk in the power of God. And let's be all that God's created us to be. Because all of that other stuff is nothing but a distraction in your life. Amen. Amen. Verse 7. 2nd Kings chapter 2 verse 7. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance. While the two of them stood by the Jordan. Jordan is significant. So if you have highlighter in your, highlight that in your Bible. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up and struck the water. And it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you? Before I am taken away from you. This is where Elisha is trying to get. There comes a point in every person's life when you walk with God. That if you will stay faithful all the way to the end. Elijah has served Elijah faithfully all the way to the end. And I spoke to ministers last week when I said that you're never going to serve your own vision until you learn how to serve somebody else's. And you're never going to be successful in God's kingdom until you help somebody else be successful in God's kingdom. That's the way this works. And so Elisha has walked all the way through the process and he's finally come to the point now, his due season has arrived, where Elijah looks at him and he says, Ask whatever you want, I'm going to give it to you. Whatever you ask of me, now it's time for you to get your dream. Now it's time for you to get what you have worked so diligently for all of these years. Verse 9, so it was, when they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Anytime we work with God, anytime we follow God, God says, this is what I'll do, but this is what I expect. Yeah. This is what I promised you, but this is how you're going to receive it. This is what I'm giving you, but this is how you get it. And Elisha says the same, same thing to Elijah. If you see me go, you'll get what you're asking for. But if you don't, then it's not going to be so. Notice that it is the Jordan that they cross over. In verse 7, Elijah takes his mantle which symbolizes his office, it symbolizes his anointing, it symbolizes his leadership. And he strikes that water and the water divides and they cross over together on dry land. That same scene, the dividing of the Jordan, is played out with the children of Israel before they step into the promised land. Remember that? That they they come up to the Jordan, this great barrier that separates them from the wilderness and the promised land. And they they have to decide they're going to cross over. And by faith they step into the water with the priests leading them. And when they step into that water, the waters divide and they cross over, the Bible tells us, on dry land. And we see this same story played out again later with Elijah and Elisha. Even Jesus, even Jesus passed from death to life in the Jordan. He went to John the Baptist at the Jordan. And he asked, asked John the Baptist, baptize me to fulfill all righteousness. You know, baptism is a picture of us passing from death to life. That we, we die and we are buried and we rise again in new life. Jesus himself thought it worthy to walk to the Jordan River and say, I'm ready for this to be that, that, that crowning moment this moment where I step into my commission and I step into my role and I step fully into my anointing and when Jesus was raised back up we saw a dove from heaven ascend on him and the father said this is my son in whom I am well pleased and so the same scenario is played out and I say to you today the same scenario is played out in your life what's your Jordan? because every one of us have one a moment where we walk up to the line And on the other side of that line, we see the promise. And we know God is sending us further over. And we're never going to receive what God has uh, promised us until we step across that line. And so here's the challenge this morning. The next challenge I want to make is that you don't have to, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to step over the lines in your life. Don't be afraid to step over that Jordan. Don't be afraid to step over into that destiny. Don't be afraid to step over into that calling. It seems like a great barrier stands before you. But if you will trust God, He will lead you through to the other side. Because on the other side is waiting for you every one of His promises fulfilled. Step over the line. You have to be willing to cross some lines if you're going to do anything great for God. And I'm not talking about dishonesty, but I'm talking about risk this morning. You're going to have to take some risks today. You're going to have to step over the line and step out. The enemy is always going to put lines in front of you and he will always stand on the other side of those lines threatening you, showing you what it will cost you, showing you a bleak picture and then he will say to you, I dare you to cross the line. Anybody ever seen that? Kids on the playground? I dare you to cross this line and you're on this other side you're thinking God please don't let me cross that line because I don't know what I'm about to get into I tried that once on the playground I had watched the episode of Leave with the Beaver and they did it on the episode so I thought I'm going to try that the next opportunity I get at the playground and so me and this boy got into an argument I drew the line said I dare you to cross that line and all the while I'm thinking please don't cross that line <laughs> I hadn't thought it to that point yet I just wanted to do that Step over the line. Because the enemy is always going to be drawing lines in the sand. And he's always going to be threatening you on the other side of that line. He's always going to be saying, don't you dare cross that line. If you cross this line, this is what's going to happen to you. If you cross that line, this is what it's going to cost you. If you cross that line, you're never going to be the same again. You bet you're never going to be the same again. Because God's going to endue you with a new power and a new vision and a new purpose and a new life. Cross the line today. Step over the line. The devil is a bully, he's a blowhard, and he's a liar. And the only way to deal with those is to step over the line. Get in their face and say, I will not be pushed around. I will not back down. I'm going forward because God has spoken a word over my life. And I'm not giving it up for anybody or anything. Step over the line. See. See what God will do. God has your back. You never step over those lines alone. Because God's got your back. He's walking with you. Verse 9 says, so it was when they crossed over. When they crossed over. That Elijah and Eli- said to Elisha, ask, what can I do for you before I'm taken away? When you step over in faith, God's going to reward you. God will bless you. God will open up heaven's storehouse to you. So step over the line. Verse 11 says, then it happened. Then it happened. I'm ready for those moments, aren't you? When it happens for me. I've been, I've been faithful in my season. I'm waiting for my due season to come. I have been faithful grinding it out. I've been faithful serving God and I'm ready for due season. Then it happened. As they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes, tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from Elijah, and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Remember I told you last week that Elijah is a type or a representation of Jesus. In this passage, we can see that clearly. He is ascending to heaven. In his ascension, he fulfills the promise. John 16 and 7 says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So Elijah is the same before Elisha can receive the promise Elijah must ascend. The apostles watch as Jesus ascends and they are told to go and wait on the promise in Jerusalem. Elisha has to watch him ascend, Elijah ascend, and his promised if he sees him go up, the double portion he asks for is going to come upon him. The key for Elisha is that he has to keep his eyes on Elijah. For us if we're going to be endued with power, if we're going to receive the double portion that God has promised us, then we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. you got to keep your eyes on Jesus this morning. People are offended when they don't keep their eyes on Jesus. People are put off when they refuse to keep their eyes on Jesus. Because here's a news alert for everybody in the room. If you hang out with me enough, I'm going to fail you at some point. I'm going to let you down at some point. Why? Not because I want to, but because I'm a human and I'm flawed. And guess what? For some of you in the room, you may not know this or not, so you may brace yourself for what I'm about to tell you, you also will fail other people in your life, not because you want to, but just because you're a human and that's what you do. And if you keep your eyes on me, you're going to be sorely disappointed in the outcome. If you keep your eyes on each other, you're ultimately going to get offended and discouraged because they're not living up to the standard that only he can live up to. That's why we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on him. Stay focused on Him. The only way to avoid letting death, disappointment, frustration consume you is to keep your eyes on Jesus. You watch the news, you're going to get discouraged. You watch your neighbor's lives, you're going to get discouraged. You watch the world around you, you're going to get disappointed. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, He will never let you down. He will always hold that standard before you. You can't get offended if your eyes are on him. You won't be disappointed if your eyes are on him. You won't get discouraged if your eyes are on him. So keep your eyes on him. Watching him is the only way to pass from death to life. It's the only way. You have to follow him through the process. Focus on the chariots of fire around you. Did you read the text? It says a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. But Elijah went up in a whirlwind. We always think of Elijah going in the chariots of fire. That's not what the word says. The word says the chariot split the two. It was a distraction. And Elisha kept his eyes on the master and watched him go up in the whirlwind. If we keep our eyes on the fires around us, if we're always watching for those kinds of things, we're going to miss the master when he goes. And we're not going to be able to keep in step with him because we got our eyes on the wrong thing. Watching him, watching him is the key. Elijah keeps his eyes on the master and the mantle falls to him. And he takes that mantle and he goes and stands by the Jordan. You've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Verse 14. Then he took that mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. And he struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that. And Elisha crossed over. That anointing now has passed on to Elisha. Now that when the sons of the prophets, verse 15, who were from Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. The Jordan is that place that we cross. It is the place of moving from death to life. Let's look at that verse again. Philippians, our, our series verse again. Philippians verse 3, or chapter 3, verse 10. It says this that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Now let me extend the verse. And the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his what? Death, if by any means I may attain. To the resurrection from the dead. My last point that I want to make to you is this that there is no life in Christ unless first there is a death. There is no life in Christ unless first there is a death. Matthew 10, verse 38 says, And he who does not take his cross and follow after me Jesus speaking is not worthy of me. Verse 39, he who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Elisha has his true beginnings at the Jordan. He goes over with Elijah in death and came back over the Jordan in resurrection power. Jesus buries the flesh at the Jordan River. And when he rises up, he rises in the life and the power and the anointing of Jesus Christ. He rises in that spirit-filled life that is available to each and every one of us. The sons of the prophets in the verse recognize this and they say, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. Something has certainly changed. Something is different. Can I just say this morning to each and every one of you, that when there is a change in your life, people are going to recognize that. When you walk from death to life in Jesus Christ, there is an outward expression of that reality that everybody can see and sense and know. You don't have to tell people that you're saved. If you're truly saved, people are going to know it because there's something different about you. They may not be able to put their finger on it. They may not be able to define it. But they're going to know there's something unique and there's something different about you. The sons of the prophets beforehand are saying to Elisha, do you know your master is going to be taken away from you today? They're just talking to him like their peer. But when they come back, when he comes back, and he's been endued with that power. They recognize that the spirit of Elijah now rests on Elijah, And it says they bowed their knee to him. Recognizing the authority and the difference in his life. People will recognize the difference in your life. And I just want you to know today that, that, that there should be things that, that are clearly evidence. Evident in our life of transformation, of change. That is has taken place uh, when we give our life to Jesus, when we surrender our life to Him. The beginnings of life are always rooted in death. There is no resurrection unless there is a death. You can't raise uh, anyone from the dead that's not dead. And so we have to die to our flesh. We have to die to our old lives. We have to surrender those over to God so that He can give us a new one. It is one thing. Listen, church, it's one thing for us to hold this as a teaching and to say that it's true, but it's another to have it registered in our very being. That every day of our lives, so far as the Lord's interests are concerned, we draw from Him. That everything is in the power of His resurrection and there is nothing else. In order to have that settled, to have that registered, and to establish once and for all demands a deep Jordan experience. I have to come to that place where I look at it and everything in me says turn back, go away, it's not worth it. And I say, no, I'm going on. And I pass through that portal that leads me on to that promise and takes me to the place that God has designed for me from my mother's womb. I lay to rest. It's at that deep Jordan experience, that deep death, that deep sinking into the Jordan that I lay to rest all my own ambitions... All my own desires, my own motives, control, and I surrender fully to God's plans. I fix my eyes on Him and I receive the life He has promised resurrection life, resurrection power. And then I strike that water with the anointing and I step over into my destiny. I am now equipped with everything I will need to face life. I am equipped with Him as my companion. And the power of his resurrection. That Jordan is my final death. It is the thing that keeps me. From fully surrendering to God and his plan. There is not life in Christ. Unless first there is a death. And there is no resurrection without death this morning. And what are you saying pastor about death? I'm saying that we got to die to our flesh. We got to surrender our will, our motives. Uh, our control, all of those things over to God and say, God, I don't want anything that doesn't include you. I don't want this life without you because the fact is there is no life without him. He is the life. And so what's your Jordan today? Amber, if you would come. What is your Jordan today? Stand with me across the place. What is it that is standing between you and... And God's plan for your life right now. What is it that that you come to and you feel like and you hear in your head and, and just you see with your fleshly eyes there is no way I could do this. There's no way. There's no way this is going to work. There's no way that I could trust God with this area. There's no way that I could surrender this thing to God it's too big it demands too much yes it demands a lot it demands your life and I say to you today Jesus said nobody is worthy of his kingdom that puts a hand to the plow and looks back nobody's worthy of his kingdom if you're not willing to lose your life because only by losing your life will you find it in him That's what it takes it's what it takes challenging you to determine what god wants for you to not be put off by anything or anyone to step over that line keep your eyes on jesus and allow that jordan experience that deep death to take place and then let resurrection power bring you back to life if you'll do that you'll see God work in your life in ways you never even thought possible. He'll use you to do miraculous things. We're going to look at the experiences that Elisha has as a result of his faithfulness to Elijah. How God uses that double portion anointing upon him and the miracles that he does. Next week, we're going to start that. But I just say to you today, it starts with the death. It starts with surrender. It starts with giving it all to God. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We would love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 945 for Sunday school and at 1030 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burke Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us afterwards. Till I found myself face down on your shoulder.